Nah, no thanks. Okay. Let's talk about how we are. Let's just let's just go. Let's just do it. This is great. We're just we're not we're not on camera anymore. That's nice. We don't have to worry about how uh, how much weight we've gained during the pandemic. Nope. We. Although I gotta say, man, like, doesn't it sort of feel like you're just living the same day over and over and over again? No. No, it doesn't feel like that way at all. I feel fine. Oh, word. Me neither. I'm actually, um, I, I'm just, you know, putting notches in a wall. Is that a thing that they do? <laughs> Who's they? That's like one of the jokes, right? Like, oh, oh, I'm just, I'm marking the days as they go by because I'm in prison. I don't, re- I don't recall um, that. That's a, that's a Twitter joke. That's what they say. Oh. Just assume, just assume that I'm making a funny joke. It's kind of hard. That's yeah, that's yeah. sort of a stretch. The audience will get it. It's fine. Okay. Anyway. But um. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show um, about movies. Today, we're talking about Palm Springs, the new film starring and Andrew Sandberg. Andrew. Uh, Sandberg. I think it's actually really appropriate that we're talking about a film starring a Jewish person. <laughs> um, given the light of these events. Yeah, Palm Springs. It's a, it's a Hulu exclusive movie. It's the um, directorial debut of a fella named Max Barbacow um, and written by a guy named Andy Ciara. And no, I'm not <laughs> reading that from the Wikipedia page. Um uh, there's there isn't like a ton of interesting backstory to this movie uh andy apparently wrote like the first draft of the script when he was in film school and it was very straightforward uh and then after working on a tv series um which the name escapes me i think maybe legion maybe it was called legion maybe not um he went back and he kind of punched it up and it incorporated a, a few different elements into the script so Palm Springs, I think, has been described a lot by other um, critics as, you know, Groundhog Day, but with two people. Um, and while that's that's accurate from, like, a very, very basic standpoint, yes, the film is about people stuck in a time loop that are living the same day over and over and over again, uh, namely uh, the day of a wedding. Um, Andy Samberg, his girlfriend is, like, a, a bridesmaid for the the bride and then the the um the other main character played by Kristen Milati who I'm not familiar with do you know anything about her no I don't know she's relatively a big name yeah I don't I I wasn't familiar with her but she's Sarah and she's the sister of the bride um who who's done some some very very naughty things which we won't get into because that would be spoiler territory uh anyways she kind of links up with Andy Samberg who who was the first one to get caught in this time loop. He also got uh, J.K. Simmons caught in this time loop, and now J.K. Simmons is like his mortal enemy (laughs) uh, in what I thought was maybe one of the more inspired touches of the film. Um, So, yeah, that's like the basic premise of it. What did you think of uh, Palm Springs? I thought Palm Springs was just about as good as you can get for a rom-com, a romantic comedy 
I thought the premise. So well, is that praise or is that? Well, I, <laughs> I particularly criticism? enjoy uh, romantic comedies. Um, As do I. And they're mostly, you know, some of my favorites aren't very great. Like a new age comedy, like um, the movie What If, starring Daniel Radcliffe, is a kind of similar premise where it's a, a you know nihilistic guy falls in love despite his um, aspersions to romance. That's not necessarily this, but rom-coms in general are kind of just like cheese factors or cheese factories. Delicious. They're like they're like the Tillamook plant up in Wisconsin. But this movie was like had a nice touch of um, dark humor and the premise. While I, at first when I realized what was going on, I was like, oh man. We got to do the same thing over and over again. I've seen this movie a million times. Yeah. Um, even most recently with Russian Doll. Yep. Which I thought Russian Doll did a good enough job of kind of, uh, I guess, adding variety to the Groundhog's Day thing. This movie did that too. And I think part of it was creating another person to experience that with, but also not necessarily doing the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. was really nice. Like you don't have, you know, a character just experiencing the same scene over and over again because that's not funny anymore. So they found a new way to invent, um, I guess, the, the the Groundhog's Day movie. So, yeah, it was good. I thought it was really good. I, I think that it's not necessarily a perfect movie, but in the context of a rom-com, I was very on board, and I thought the two leads were very charming. And, yeah, that, that was that's pretty much that's that's the thoughts that I had for the movie that we saw. <laughs> all right all right um <clears throat> yeah i would i would largely agree um i think that the groundhog day the way that they're hammering on groundhog day is sort of um it doesn't it doesn't give a full picture of the it's misleading the, the movie it's a little misleading i i saw just as much like eternal sunshine um influence as well as mm. maybe even a little vanilla sky here um, because yeah, they took the Groundhog Day premise, but I really felt like this movie wanted to be, um, you know, a, a relatively serious and thoughtful, uh, examination of long-term relationships. Um, yeah. you know, because it can be said, of course, that if you're in a long-term relationship, your life might feel like the same day over and over and over again. So it's sort of like maybe a, a higher level commentary on that in general, but I don't think that it had the emotional intelligence or nuance that eternal sunshine did that makes that movie a true classic. Um, but it did enough and it tried hard enough to where I forgave it for whatever faults it might've had and, and generally enjoyed the movie overall. Um, I, a couple of things that I really liked about it. Um, well, I guess that's sort of a spoiler. So I don't know. I wanna... I'll speak well, a little bit more generally. Um, okay. I'm not a huge Andy Samberg fan. Um, I don't hate him either, but I, I, I liked him in this. I thought he brought, uh, you know, the kind of... Um, I, you said you said nihilism. Yeah, cynicism, kind of... Uh, he's just given up. Um, and Resigned. That's the word I'm looking for. Like, he, he gives a sort of resigned performance that that brings like a little different level to a character stuck in time, you know, like with groundhog day, um, he was initially a little skeptical about what was going on, but then he was like, I'm going to learn how to play the piano and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, 
So, but but instead, Andy Samberg just continues to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, or make new ones, um, which is which is good character development. Like it tells yeah. us what we need to know about him that he's kind of a lazy, drifting, um, you know, with no direction in life. Well, the movie kind of even hints at he might have he might have be a thousand years old, a million years old. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's, it's an interesting perspective of like this character has done all of it. And yeah, he, like to think about like, oh, what if you could have every experience? What would yes. that be like? And I think that's an interesting like. This is the guy who's been through it all, and kind of like just this old old wizard basically who, <laughs> like he's kind of like a like a stereotypical like shitty fantasy wizard who, just is like kooky and. uh you know, but secretly wise because he has experienced everything. But you're right; he hasn't learned much, and he's yeah, he hasn't seemed to anyway. Um, and uh, but then you know, Kristen is like she's. I feel like her character isn't as interesting or developed. Like she's like, no. oh, she's the party girl who makes bad decisions, um, and she has a troubled past. Yeah, she's a she has a troubled past, and um, you know, one of my. F- uh, one of the parts about the movie that I liked the most, which was what I was going to talk about earlier, but as a spoiler, does go a certain way towards maybe vindicating that initial portrayal of her a little bit. Um, but ultimately, her character, I felt like, was a lot more static than his. Um, mm-hmm. And he actually showed some growth. But no, there. I mean, there, there are definitely some laughs here, some darker laughs. Um, and... Uh, you know, overall, though, I, I think this is a pretty strong first effort from the director and from the writer, and I, I would be interested to see what else they, they do down the line. Yeah. I like the, the setup for this movie, which is the setup for most movies where it's like, here's the day. You know, you got to have the day that is constantly being looped. Yeah. But it is a little mysterious. Like, there's like a, you know, Adam Sandler or... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with a golden retriever. <laughs> Genius. Uh, Andy Samberg is in um he's in a Hawaiian shirt at a wedding, cracking a beer during the is it not the reception, but what do they call that thing in a wedding? The when they get married? The ceremony. The ceremony. Cool. Uh you know, like this his character is kind of like, oh, what's what's going on? Is this a shitty dude? Cause I had, I went into this completely um, blind. I had no idea. And sorry to, to people who are blind. That's not. Um, <laughs> that's just a phrase. I will correct that. Uh, I went into this completely not knowing what this movie was about. So when the reveal happens that it's in a time loop, um, the whole setup, I was like constantly just like enjoying this character. Like I thought it really worked for a movie that didn't have a plot. <laughs> Like just a like a very long scene. I was like very into all the things that were being set up. I just didn't know how they were playing out. And so then when the time loop happens, you know, my initial reaction is just like, oh no, this is the worst movie. And then things start playing out differently. But I did enjoy the opening of this movie for what it was worth. Like not yeah. knowing what was gonna happen. I love that he like he like had gay sex and <laughs> like that was an example of a gay, gay. joke that was that was actually like not offensive and funny and the the joke 
wasn't that he was gay. The joke was like at his expense, you know, that he was like so bored. He was like, eh, I guess I'll try this. Yeah. And it does speak to like what this is what you would do if you had millions of hours to spend with no consequences. Yeah. Doing just um, doing whatever you want. Just doing anything. But in a, you know, I don't want to, I guess we're not spoiling this movie, so I don't need to get ahead of myself, but. I mean, we can, we can briefly discuss spoilers if you'd like. The, well, I just want to mention that he does bring up the fact at one point in this movie that even though the day starts over and, you know, everything is reset and everyone forgets everything that happened, he still has to live with it. Yes. And he still has to experience it. And yeah, let's like, go ahead and let's get go ahead and get into spoilers because there's one particular scene that really stood out to me. Warning: Spoilers for Palm Springs are about to be spun into play. If you haven't experienced that particular sci-fi comedy for yourself, turn back around and come back once you're taking the ride. What a terrible sentence. Just everything about that was bad. Okay, so we're in we're in spoiler territory <laughs> now. On the subject of what you were just talking about, I really liked the scene when they, uh, at least in her. Uh, understanding anyway decide to have sex for the first time mm-hmm. and uh and she's like come on we should just do it we should just get it over with and he's like okay and like uh and then it's revealed later on in the movie of course that they've had sex like thousands of times mm-hmm. at this point it's just that she was never able to remember it obviously because she wasn't in the loop um but the way that he said like okay it was it, i thought it was like a pretty um pretty striking bit of acting actually um i thought it had some good emotional weight to it and some sadness like i really i really think andy samberg did a great job in this movie uh and then the other thing that i I, that i had been dancing around earlier is i really liked that she was the one who solved the problem you know by like basically teaching herself theoretical physics and and conducting the experiments with the dynamite Um, you like that i did i liked that a lot because it's it sort of rang true to my situation where like you know i i i myself have a hard time getting out of my own way i know that will probably come as no shock to anyone and um i credit my uh my wife with you know me basically having reinvented myself in the last few years because she my wife my wife you know because she showed me like the value in, in an education and stuff like that and so i um you know i could really relate to that in other words the idea that like you know even though it's unhealthy to expect or rely upon someone to like make you better or whatever sometimes that's just a natural consequence of things um and and you know that's when you know a relationship is special is when you feel just like oh i i need to do better just because um feel inspired yeah that's what i should do uh, so I, I liked that i thought that was great and then i i also thought that the the last scene of the film before um, you know, they, they venture off into the unknown. They have that pretty frank discussion about like, well, what if we get tired of each other? And, mm-hmm. and like, I, what I liked about it is, you know, rom-coms only ever typically explore the, the meetup, right? Like the first like month yeah. of a relationship when everything is great, it's, it's not often that you get a movie that's examining long-term relationships unless it's like in the context of a divorce, a la marriage right. story or something like Ugh. that. Like, uh, like, well, The Graduation, that's the classic example of a movie that accidentally hints at, you know, what happens after you get the girl. Yeah. You know, there's that real realization that, like, oh, we're in this now. 
the the anxieties and stuff that they are expressing in that scene i i think every everyone has felt those feelings anyone who's Mm -hmm. been in a long-term relationship anyway everyone's felt that way like is is this the right choice did i make the right choice um and so i i just thought it was you know pretty pretty mature and thoughtful and and sort of a different take a different approach on on a traditional rom-com so i i really liked this movie a lot um i i think this one's a winner and and i would absolutely recommend it yeah are we already recommending it well i'm i'm i was just wrapping up my piece feel free to say whatever you want to say now we're in spoiler territory um you know i I was a big fan of uh, Hot Rod, and this just doesn't have that same uh, humor. Right. <laughs> I thought the relationship between Andy and Kristen, a.k.a. whatever their names are. Sarah the movie, and um, Andy Samberg. I don't know. I don't remember his name in the movie. <laughs> no, he has a weird name like, uh, like Noen or something. Oh yeah, he does. He does. Niles. Yeah. His name is Niles because he's Niles. a nihilist. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Uh, apparently, this movie, um, Niles, has been in this time loop for forty years, according to the writer. Oh, okay. Uh, but that who cares? I like the idea of just like there's an infinite amount of time he's been there. <clears throat> but yeah, the relationship is really strong. I think what makes a good rom com is like the chemistry, obviously, between the two characters. Yeah. And I think also, you know, the building up of it, usually it's like a rom-com has a guy who is just massively in love with somebody and that reciprocation isn't till towards the end of the movie. Like, he's already in a place where he's like, you know, head over heels. But he has to convince the girl that she should be head over heels for him. And there's a lot of the problems in that. But this movie kind of takes it where it's like, Andy Samberg's just like, hey, you want to hang out? Like, let's just like enjoy this time together now that you're stuck and he as this at at the same time that she is convinced that like oh maybe i do like this person maybe i do want to spend time with this person for a long time um i think that's what make she does have a lot more agency in this movie than is typically afforded um you know a female protagonist not always right and i think the the stuff with her sister is interesting because it does you said it makes her you know I don't know what you said, but it didn't seem like you particularly cared for her reveal as, like, having sex with her sister's fiancé right before their marriage. The night before their, they get married. Um, so I I, I was I couldn't decide if that was a problematic plot development or not. Um, like, if that actually added anything to her character. Hmm. I think it makes... I mean superficially it makes her character more than just like someone that Andy Samberg is horny for like she is her own person who's had her own mis- own mistakes and is grappling with like the same things that Andy Samberg is which is like self-loathing yeah like and... what are all these decisions that I've done or made in my life that have led me to this point and like I'm stuck in this I can't go forward so I have to think about all of these things that I've done and I think it is an interesting thing that like she's made kind of the massive sin um, which is adultery. Yes. Uh, according to the Bible. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the what? <laughs> the Bible. Uh, so she's she's done this thing, and she has to keep waking up to it every single day. 
so she has to yes. so she's she has to wake up in his room every single day so yeah i guess that's that is um an interesting layer that i i sort of dismissed yeah. is that she has to wake up in that environment every single day i think the movie's just saying that like hey she's experiencing the same thing too it's not just about niles it's about sarah or whatever sarah yeah it's about the fact that she's in the exact same situation and we should at least spend some time with that even though niles is the main character or the the vehicle through which we like explore this idea of relationship um and i think it is important to like mention that like with a long-term relationship discussion being had at the end of the movie like what if we get sick of each other it's also like well i'm my i'm a person and i've i've had history and i like that informs who i am today and that's something that she tries to argue with niles in the movie and he's like no like none of that matters anymore and that's also that also too flies sort of in the face of traditional rom-com tropes like you know i don't know um 500 days of summer for example where the female protagonist is almost always depicted as like sinless like a just a completely virtuous uh perfect person they just have they have no like history no personality there's no character to them other than in relationship to the man yeah no flaws no flaws and you know that's another interesting element and I, i think it like strengthens the relationship like that's a conversation that you have with your significant other is like like these like how does like what i've done in the past influence how you think of me and andy sandberg is being naive and he's saying like oh like that does that stuff doesn't matter and she's like no it does i'm I'm a person like i don't just forget about it and andy sandberg even kind of accidentally admits the same thing which is like i'm in this time loop i experience all these things i don't forget about that but he's not applying it to like life in general um yeah so yeah just his experience right he's he's myopic he he's he's too self-centered yeah so it does it does have some interesting quandaries and um it it goes beyond a little bit more than a relationship it does go beyond like the individual self um which is what i enjoy about rom-coms when they happen which is very rarely but not necessarily about the relationship but like who is the person going into the relationship um yeah just general character development which you know, usually doesn't happen because everyone's so focused on how are these two going to end up together. This movie doesn't really kind of put the possibility of like, they have to end up together into play until towards the end of the movie. This is, this yep. is more simply just about like, how do we get out of this time loop? Um, Cause that, and if they, that's yeah. Kristen's like main arc is like, I got to get out of here. This is not cool. How are you just living with this? I agree. I agree. This is a solid movie, like a, a genuinely enjoyable movie. I watched it with Hannah. She said she liked it, but she said it was a, a bit cheesy. You know, there was parts where she thought were a little dumb, the humor. But I think that's kind of just Andy Samberg. That's, that's yeah. just his Yeah, and I stick. mean, that's par for the course. What what movie is perfect, particularly a comedy? Yeah. So you'd recommend it? Oh, for sure. I think this is a perfect, it's an hour and a half. It's a perfect 90 yeah. minutes. It's perfectly paced, um, tight structure, um, lots of lots of decent laughs in it. We didn't even talk about J.K. Simmons, which I, I thought he was a great, great mm-hmm. touch to the formula, uh, having <laughs> like a mortal enemy stuck in a time <laughs> yeah. loop with you who tries to kill you any way he can. Which is, you know, um, totally plausible. And then, yeah, the extension of it is really nice. Yeah, and then the fact, you know, that he basically, re- you know, resigns himself to it and just... Um, 
chooses to still appreciate the beauty that does exist, even though he won't be able to see his children grow up, you know, he's making the best of it. That's a really interesting and very depressing uh, moment when Andy like goes to reach out to him and finds him at his house in Irvine or whatever. And he's just like, this is like the perfect day. Like, I guess I'm just going to have to live with the fact that I won't see my children grow up, but at least I have this day. Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh, okay, but it kind of also is undercut by the fact that J.K. Simmons goes out his, of his way to like kill and torture Andy Samberg every day. Not every day, but every <laughs> once in a while, he's like, "You know, fuck this shit. I'm about to go fuck you up." And I, I guess it's like yeah. those moments of rage where he's like, "I can't believe I'm stuck here." Um, that he just goes and tortures Andy Samberg. It's, it's a both you know insightful and humorous, which is this movie. Yep. Yeah. No, I think this is a solid, solid eight out of ten. Well, it does. It does. What? Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, this is a ninety-three. So you're wrong. Well, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Um, no, this is a solid eight out of ten. It doesn't quite plumb the same philosophical or intellectual depths that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind does. Despite I, I feel like that being its ambition at times. This is um, less problematic certainly... than Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I guess so. I don't. I, I disagree. How is how is Eternal Sunshine problematic? Well, I mean, it's like the the manic pixie dream girl to a T. Well, yeah, but it 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 like subverts and plays with that trope a little bit. If if it well, just look at the um the relationship with um Elijah Wood. Like that that whole subplot of that movie <laughs> is all about how fucking inane and stupid the pixie manic pixie dream girl trope is. Yeah, I guess I don't want to have a larger discussion about Eternal Sunshine. I I do love that movie, no. but I I still kind of last time I watched it, I couldn't really finish watching it because I didn't enjoy. And maybe it's just a real depiction of a relationship that's gone sour. Like it is. I mean that that is kind of Charlie Kaufman's thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. Let's just let's table that. Yeah, we'll table that. We could we could do a part two on Eternal Sunshine. Sure. <laughs> um, but no, so it's it's not quite as I think anyway smart or or um, or challenging as Eternal Sunshine. But it it does enough right that I give this an instant recommendation, no hesitation. Watch it, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, artistically, it's a uh, pretty run of the mill. I think it's it's very bright and colorful. Oh yeah, no. There's there's no like interesting cinematic techniques on display or anything. You know, it actually really reminds me of um, Ingrid Goes West, in terms of. I fucking love Ingrid Goes yeah, West. It's, it, it, this. Did I tell you to watch that? I think you did. Yeah. We I watched yeah, we it after talk we about talked that about that movie. Sure. Yeah. I think that's also well, that's a Netflix movie. Maybe. That's another Hulu. Oh, movie. It's Hulu. Okay. But that yeah. movie is like it's exploring an interesting idea and it has interesting things to say. It's not super deep, but it's it's hilarious. The characters are, you know, well developed and the acting's good. And then stylistically it's pretty it's just pretty yeah, pretty normal, pretty appetizing for everyone. Um and I think that's kind of yeah. Let's rings. let's let's table that because I think we should talk about Ingrid Goes West. I I think the only flaw with Ingrid goes let's like let's put Ingrid Goes West. The thing that keeps it from being like a near masterpiece is that they should have gone darker with the ending, and that's all I'll say. Um. Anyways, cool. Well, 
thanks for talking with me today, Josh, about these films. Oh, absolutely. I very much enjoyed it. What should we talk about next? Well, <clears throat> well have you heard of The Assignment? <laughs> I love Walter Hill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. I just want to read. Okay, so we're going to talk about The Assignment next episode. Um, and just a preview for anyone who's interested in watching it to catch up with us. After being double-crossed, a hitman becomes a hit woman. Michelle Rodriguez, with the help from a rogue surgeon, Sigourney Weaver, accompanied by a nurse named Johnny, she sets out for revenge. So I think we're going to have a lot to say about that. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a very, very interesting discussion. And in the light of uh, J.K. Rowling's most recent comments um, about uh, transgender people, we will have a lot to apply to the assignment. We will. Which I'm sure is a, is a, a LGBTQ masterpiece. So there's your assignment, listeners. Watch the assignment. <laughs> also, if you just want to just look at the stills from the assignment. You'll probably um, know everything you need to know about it. You'll just see Michelle Rodriguez in a beard. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like okay, and subscribe and email us, to be honest. Okay, talk to you later. Yeah, email us. You, have, you want us to watch a movie or talk about it? Um, to be honest at gmail.com is it just no to be honest cast yeah gmail.com to be honest cast at gmail.com tell us why we suck um, and we'll respond directly yep thank you arigato <laughs> still doing that huh